This is Bulls Beat on the Unlimited Unloaded page. Now, before we get to a preview of the UCF game, here's a little bit of what happened on Wednesday night. Could it have been that the Bulls were maybe looking ahead a little bit? No, you can't say that because they started off strong against Cincinnati. Cincinnati leads 2-0. Harris to Selt Miguel. Dump pass inside to Chiwa. Catches, got it blocked down low by Aguame and picked up by DeJulius. Here's a lead pass. Aguame runs the other end. Got his shot blocked by Sam Hines, who saves it back in. Off the hand of Lockin and out of bounds it goes. High post it goes to Chiwa. Puts it on the floor. Runs into Aguame. Circles back the other way. Kicks it back. Here's Keyshawn Bryant. Loads up a three straight on. Got it! With 17-20 to go in the first half, and the Bulls get their first bucket, and just like that, they've got the lead. Selton Miguel comes off the screen, puts the ball on the floor, stops and pops from 13. Miguel is good. And the Bulls get their second bucket to retake the lead, 5-4. Here's Nolly coming off of a screen, gets caught in the paint, back to Adams Woods, loads up a long three, way off line. This ball is volleyball around and last touch by Cincinnati. Bulls lead 5-4, USF 50% from the floor. Cincinnati's open 2 for 7. Harris comes off a screen, stops and pops, long distance three, got it! Tyler Harris picking right up where he left off last week. Tyler Harris with his first shot, mate. That's always dangerous. Tyler gets on a roll, and the Bulls have extended the lead to 8-4. To, to Miguel, quickly down low to Keyshawn Bryant. He's working on Landers Nolly. Step back jumper, high arcer. Got it! String music for Keyshawn Bryant on a little fadeaway. And the Bulls up 10-4. You heard it 10-4, but if you were listening to Wednesday's Bulls beat, you also heard that Cincinnati has got some serious talent and can really get going offensively. And one guy in particular, at least in the first half, fit that description. We'll start off this small clip. Don't worry, we're not going to do a ton of highlights of the game, but just to give you an idea of a guy who hadn't been doing much at all from three-point land getting it started, and the guy who you would have expected to have a good game kept it going for the Bearcats. Russ dribbles all the way down to the low block, steps through, puts it up with the right hand around the rim and in. Yes, that would be in the paint. He's pretty close, but Russell gets the bucket. Very nice positioning and nice soft touch by Russell Chiwa, again, showing the kind of move that's going to make him some money someday. DeJulius kicks the ball into the corner. Skillings with a three ball that's good, and he knocks one down for the eighth time this year. He's an 18% shooter from distance. To the top, Selton Miguel puts it on the floor, gets to the basket, lost it on the way up, and off of his knee and out of bounds. The turnovers are really piling up now for USF. That's five, and Cincinnati has none. Yeah, they're all crucial, too. Landers Nolly's been quiet so far, comes off a screen, gets free, and knocks down a three. Man, he has seen a huge basket here as of late, shooting over 53% in American Conference play from distance. Julius working against Conwell, gets in the paint. His runner is good. He's taking Ryan Conwell off the dribble. Julius running off a screen. They're looking his way. Catches on the right wing. Now he's going to ask for another screen. Nine to go on the shot clock. Goes behind the back. Drifts left. Gets into the paint. He shoots a fadeaway on the move, and that is good. He has not touched the rim on his three shots. Yep. Cincinnati now up by 10, 27 to 17, and it has become the David DeJulius show. Six and a half to go in the first half. DeJulius crosses over, steps back, launches another jump shot, and makes that one. Wow. Call the fire department. Wow. Put out David DeJulius. He is on fire. 6.25 to go in the first half. It's 30-17, to 17, and David DeJulius has taken the game over. And that's kind of his trademark shot, David DeJulius. 16 of his 21 in the first half, then it was Landers Nolly's turn with 16 of his 21 in the second. Dan Skillings, the freshman we played there with the three to get things going, 
Yeah, he had not hit a three in his last six games. Bearcats hit more than 50% in the first half, started off 14 for 25, and zero turnovers in the first half. They did not turn the ball over until there were about 13 minutes left in the game. Ended up leading by as many as 29 points. Bulls picked it up, but when you're down by 29, it's kind of too much to overcome. 85-69 ended up being the final score. And on the Bulls' side, nice night for Selton Miguel, but Tyler Harris was pretty much locked down by their point guard, Micah Adams-Woods, only got off four three-point attempts, did score 10, so did Keyshawn Bryant, but also Russell Chiwa found the going tougher inside against their big man, was only two for six for eight points. So you, in the good note, know that the Bulls won't be feeling sorry for themselves or thinking back because of the atmosphere. By the way, the SoFlo Rodeo making its full-on debut was great. Had some fun even when they were down big. Hesitation move, goes between the legs, kicks it to Davenport, spots up a three. That's an air ball, and he's going to get it from the SoFlo Rodeo. The environment should be quite electric, and yeah, it will probably include plenty of Knights fans their team is playing very, very well. Last year, it was a dominant performance for the Bulls at the Yingling Center. Anything close to that will result in a Bulls win, but this UCF team is very, very good. Comes to town 13-5, and started off its season with a double overtime loss to NC Asheville, which has turned out to be a decent team, but then turn around, beat FSU, and then really got it going in the Bahamas, topping Oklahoma State, which is currently an NCAA-projected team, as are the Knights, incidentally, and then winning the championship against Santa Clara. They will lose a heartbreaker to Miami. Had a lot of close games this year, beat Samford in overtime, then went to Ole Miss. This one was not close. Now, the Rebels are not top-half SEC or not top-10 SEC, but to take a 21-0 lead... In an SEC building? Yeah, that's pretty impressive. Then played another SEC foe in Sunrise at the Orange Bowl Classic. Lost on a layup at the Horn to Missouri. Once they got into conference play, a win over Wichita, a close loss, 71-65 at Houston, a narrow victory at East Carolina, and then against SMU, they held the Mustangs to 19 rebounds and win 85-53. Then the real key victory... 107-104, double overtime against Memphis. Definitely the most exciting game of the year in the conference. 30 points from Ithiel Horton, hit five threes. 21 more off the bench from C.J. Kelly. However, they turned around in their last game, and this was last weekend, lost at New Orleans. So they have been waiting around a week since falling to Tulane, 77-69. to Taylor Hendricks, a 6'5 freshman out of Fort Lauderdale, has been their leading scorer this year. Has been the freshman of the week six times. Good from the three-point land, but really good all over. Hits 81% at the line. Scores 14.5 points per game. Also leads them in rebounding with nearly seven per contest. Three others in double figures on average. C.J. Kelly, Horton, who we just mentioned, and Darius Johnson. They also have a transfer. You might remember the name. Brandon Suggs from East Carolina. He scores around 7.5 points per game. And a name I know you will remember, Michael Durr, was their starting center, got hurt a couple of games ago. Come on, Mike. No, he is not the only former USF player playing a sport at UCF. Actually, he went to Indiana last year. 30 games off the bench, averaged less than 2 points per game. And for the Knights, was averaging around 5 points per contest, again, as the starting center, pulling down about 4.5 points boards per contest. Bulls and Knights pregame 1130. I know Jim Lighthall and Joey Johnston get especially fired up 
for these contests. And I'm going to go ahead and tell you for sure that I'll be fired up on Sunday as we get into the women's basketball team here. Looking to continue an undefeated start in conference play against a night team that is very much down. Of course, last year's champion, but in around that success, a certain school named Georgia noticed their head coach, Katie Abrahamson Henderson, and the former Georgia player is now the coach at Georgia. And they're up and down right now. They're 13-7 and seven on the outs as far as getting into the NCAA tournament. But watching Georgia play reminds you of the old UCF. This new UCF under new head coach Satya Messier just doesn't have the offense. Now they've got some of the auxiliary stuff. We'll tell you about them in just a second. But the Bulls will be, I think, snapped to attention, not just because of the opponent, but because of how things almost went awry on Wednesday night. Remember the Bulls? Of course you do. Lost to Ohio State in San Diego where they were ahead at one point by 18. They were ahead by six with a minute to go in overtime. And a missed free throw that actually led to Ohio State getting a tying three on the offensive rebound. And the Bulls would fall in that game. That was the other team they played this year that does the full court pressure. And to great effect, one of the tops in the country at forcing turnovers. The Bulls were turning it over with alacrity at the beginning of the game. Took them a while to get going, but it looked like after that... They'd be in fine shape. Some first quarter highlights. Can they get the ball in bounds? They do. But to Dulce, over to Chenecki with three. She's got to put up a force three. Looks long. Does hit some rim. And the Bulls have not simply gotten a good look at all in this game. Blair on the other side for three. Swishes it in. Layla Blair hasn't gone for more than two threes in a game this year. But she did it ten times last season. And that's a dangerous thing if you're the Bulls. Five nothing. Wilson now breaks the press, two on one, gets it to Dulce, and that's a nice shot for Franca Mangiato. Takes the Bulls three minutes and 15 seconds to get on the board. Three. Oh, that's a nice playoff inbounds pass. I saw them working on that in practice. Gonzalez to a cutting Elena Chinecki, and believe me, they worked on that. The Bulls have run off four in a row after falling behind 5 nothing. So Danny Gonzalez in for Carla Brito. Three on three quickly out to Precis, who tried to spot up and play on her. Dulce free throw line, nice looking jumper, swishes it in. Dulce Fankamangiadu gives the Bulls the lead. There is a better entry pass to Dulce to double team her immediately. Precis wide open, first good look, looks good from here, three for three. And that was a set play. Dulce Fankamangiadu knew the double team was there, just got the double thumbs up from Jose Fernandez, and the Bulls have run off the last nine points. Sammy Precis' first shot and first make, missed shot by Young. Instant offense, she will shoot the ball, we'll give you more than that in a second. Three minutes to go in the first quarter. Precis wants it, gets it on the right side, boom. Sammy Precis is heating up early this time, and it's 12 to five Bulls. Didn't have much room there to fire, but she fired all right. So 10 on the shot clock, 50 on the game. Pulls up for a long jumper. That time gets front rim, and Chinecki gets it. It's to take Young one-on-one. -on -one. It's a one-man game. Oh, what a Euro stat. And switch of hands for L, lefty. Layup, sweet, 16-8. By no means did we think it was going to be an easy victory, but after it was a 19-8 lead, it got not easy real quick as Houston scored the next eight, cut it to one, the Bulls would be up 27-23 at halftime. But like their first five conference games, hate to sound like a broken record, but at least it's a good broken record, right? Close game at halftime, dominant third quarter, especially 
with Dulce Fancomangiati having a day. Long two for Sam, whatever it takes. Sammy Puisis keeps on shooting, and it's 29-23. They go inside, and that's a good steal by Dulce. A nice knockaway as they try to feed it inside to Hill, who's done nothing. She picked up those two fouls early. Got to watch out for Tatiana Hill. She's probably loaded for Bear. Now Dulce with Hill on her. Oh, puts her in the dust. A great move to the hoop by Dulce, and a timeout for Houston. Dulce Fancomangiadu. Double-double already with that move. And the Bulls have it going here in the third quarter, leading it 31 to 23. So Janecki wisely cuts back across to the top of the key. Blair on her, puts her head down, doesn't force it. Now, that's a great pass. Dulce switches hands, and Fankamangiadu five of six from the floor. Janecki just her second assist, but that was a dandy. And it's the largest lead of the day for the Bulls, 37 to 25, they are in a rhythm offensively. They are not forcing anything. That's got to be a charge, absolutely. Layla Blair wanted an and one, but she absolutely plowed into Ariel Wilson. Some stuff that, frankly, I would not have been shocked if it had been called, hasn't been called against the Bulls today. Maybe because they've just had good behavior. Oh, Wilson, a great pass and one. That was all sorts of nifty. Dulce Fankamangiadu. It was kind of like throwing behind a receiver, but Dulce made the catch, going to her left, ball to her right, and then quickly put it up and in. She is unstoppable today. Indeed, helped by the fact that their center, Tatiana Hill, a good defender, got into foul trouble. Fankamangiadu, 22 points and 17 rebounds. And at that time, you just heard, it was 40-25 to 25 Bulls. They outscored the Cougars 19-10 to 10 in the third quarter. So now in six conference games, it's been exactly a 10-point advantage in the third four times. Nine points this time, and of course, the 25-6 to 6 showing against Wichita State. But in this case, they were up 16, and Houston got the next six points. So even though Danny Gonzalez made a three at the end of the third quarter, you felt like it wasn't over yet, and Houston would eventually get it down to eight quickly to start the fourth. And mind you, Houston came in 6-11, and 11, but with only one loss by double digits, and many of those single-digit losses to NCAA tournament-type teams like Florida State and Middle Tennessee State. So you knew it was going to be close, except the Bulls were up by 10 with a minute to go, and I'll admit it, shouldn't have said this. Up by eight. And put it away maybe with his possession. If they don't score here, you get a little nervous. Over to Preces, struggled in the second half. Bounces it to Dulce. Six on the shot, knocks it down. Dulce Fankamangiadu, that's a big bucket right there. And with 1.18 to go, the Bulls are finally in good shape. Whoops. Now, that was after Houston missed, by the way. I did a little editing there. And the Bulls essentially just needed to hang on to the ball or make their free throws. Preferably both, they didn't do either. Three turnovers in the final minute. 25 seconds on the shot clock, though. You gotta get it across midcourt here before five seconds elapsed. Whoever gets it needs to go. It's Wilson, and she goes. This should be a 10-second count. Gonzalez throws it across, and Chinecki, yeah, that's 10 seconds. Absolutely. 35 on the game. It's a seven-point game. Long two. Let them have that, and she knocks it down. Tierra Young, it's 56-51. 33 seconds left. They get it to Chinecki this time. She turtles up. And they're going to try and get a held ball, and it's Houston ball. They turn it over twice now in a row. Out to Anyan Jay for three, looks short, and they foul her. They absolutely fouled her. Anyan Jay, a career 67% free throw shooter, gets three shots here. She's only three of 13 from the floor, but five-point game with 28 seconds left. First one looks good, and it is. Bulls led this game 
it looked like comfortably. And still, Houston has a foul to give so they can be overly aggressive. As she makes the second free throw, it's 56-53. I think they're gonna have to use a timeout here. <laughs> Even though there's one. Only left, that free throw rims in, and there's the timeout. First free throw is good. Sammy Puces has been absolutely phenomenal at the line this year. That makes her 49 for 52. She's got 14 points. This would be a big one for 15. Looks good, rims out. It's a three-point game, and Houston advances the ball. So Houston will have a chance to tie it on the next possession. Here's the very ending when in and around a five-second call, Houston had multiple chances to win. Or go for the tie. I vote go for the tie and miss. I don't want to see a three-pointer go up. Seven seconds left. Anya J triggers to Young. She's not going to shoot a three. She drives in. Blocked by Gonzalez. And the play was out of bounds. That's Bulls ball. Danny Gonzalez blocks the shot. Tierra Young was on the deck and it hit her. Three and a half seconds left. No timeouts left. What an amazing defensive play by Danny Gonzalez. She has played essentially this entire second half. And that is a big play. Get it to a free throw shooter with three and a half seconds left. And there's nobody open. You gotta get it in. And it's a five second count. That was just poorly played by the Bulls. No one was close to the ball except for Ariel Wilson, their worst free throw shooter. So now Houston gets it underneath its basket. Again, with three and a half seconds left, Ron Huey is talking to Layla Blair. She's gonna go in, they're gonna signal for a play. Oh man, 58-56 Bulls, Houston inbounding with three and a half seconds to go. After a great play that looked like it might put it away by Gonzalez, the Bulls turn it over again. Over to Onyeje, open three, looks short, and it is. Six-tenths of a second left, and it hits out of bounds. It's actually, let's see who they gave the ball to. It's Cougar's ball. So six-tenths of a second left, it hit a ball that was out of bounds. The, it was an air ball, but they got a chance here. They're probably going to throw it underneath the basket. Watch the lob indeed. Six-tenths of a second left. What do they do? Blair is open for three. Looks good. Oh, and it baked off. My goodness. That was a heart stopper. The Jose Fernandez post-game interview was less than 30 seconds. Just awful, awful, awful. That's not, that's not a way to finish a game. The, the free throw line was horrific. Mm. We went over those, those two baseline out-of-bounds plays and shoot around, and, mm. and we didn't. Uh, yeah, it was, it was bad, bad. We should have lost today. And if you're listening, you heard me. I tried and tee up a positive response on Danny Gonzalez, but he was not in the mood for that. Gonzalez was great, played 32 minutes. The downside is Carla Brito. Four turnovers, Bulls turned it over 23 times. Now, that's actually two fewer than what Houston forces per game, but it didn't feel like a real win, even though, thankfully, it was. 58-56, little insight. Not going to say who, but someone tried to start some music in the post game on the bus to the airport and got shut down real quick. This was not a celebratory situation. Mind you, after they won their seventh in a row, they're 17-4, and 6-0 and in the conference. So because of that, I anticipate a very focused Bulls team against UCF on Sunday. We'll hit the air at 145. Knights come to town. As we hinted at earlier, predictably struggling. They are 10-7. and seven. They lost not just their head coach, but three of their top scorers, including the leader, Diamond Battles. All went to Georgia. Destiny Thomas, one of the holdovers, is averaging a double-double. They're good on the glass. She averages 11.7 points and 10.5 boards. They put up 44 boards per game, a lot on the offensive glass, but they just can't shoot the ball well. Just 86 made threes all year, 27%. Layla Jewett, who averages 10 
points a game, had a 34-point performance. She and Rachel Ranke, who was a Kansas State transfer, are their top shooters. But after a 6-0 start against really weak opponents, they lost at Auburn by 40, lost to Tennessee on the road 99-64. Granted, Tennessee's good, but the margin. Then in conference, they've gone 1-4, lone win, a close one against Wichita, got beat at home by Tulane, 64-50, where they only again scored 17 points in the entire second half. When the Knights played Houston... In Houston, it was 80-42, to 42, so you like the Bulls' chances. Also on Sunday, I'm not sure we have enough tennis courts for all the action that's going to be taking place. The men play two matches, 0-3 start. They're going up against an undefeated FGCU on the road today. Then Sunday, a doubleheader, 10 a.m. against Georgia State, 2.30 against Stetson. The women are scheduled to begin their season against the Florida Gators at 1.30. So unless my timing is off, there's going to be a lot of tennis going on with the men and women playing at the same time. And again, the women, I think they're going to be really good this year. We'll talk more about them next week playing the Gators. While the first opponent for the men on Sunday coached by former Bulls assistant James Wilson. He is now the Georgia State leader. So the Bulls play three matches in two days, two wars on I-4. It's going to be a busy Monday show. We'll also have some baseball interviews to start rolling out next week. It is picking up. Thanks for listening to Bulls Beat. We'll see you at the Yingling Center hopefully this weekend. Horns up.